Welcome to Catholic Family Matters with your hosts, Paul Kaczynski and Betsy Lashley. A podcast where we share a little bit about our lives of faith in an effort to encourage families to live courageously Catholic lives, to love Jesus more, and to learn to see the divine in the everyday events of our family life. So come along with us to find encouragement, hope, and maybe a little laughter along the way. Because family matters. Do you ever just meet people and know that you share a love of Jesus and the faith because they live it out on a daily basis? Today we continue our favorite Catholic series and meet a local deacon who has impacted the faith lives of many in our community through his work in the church as a youth minister, a liturgy director, as a deacon, and a friend. How about you spare me the chit chat? I'm going to take your uh, chit chat in the shitty chitty chat chat in- chat 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 in the chit chat. So Paul. Episode 35. Welcome back. Hey. What's been going on in your life this week? Well, Jarsha and I, there's been a lot. I, I will say I, I did have about eight things that I could talk about chit chat, but I'm just going to narrow it down to one thing. When you walked in the door, you said 10. Now it's eight. Well, and it's been eight. narrowed down to I one. I said eight. Anyway. A lot. I'm so glad that so much has been going on in your life. It's been a great, great Lent, great Easter. So to, to kind of, Top it all off, I suppose, uh, Jarsha and I, we, um, well, let me go back to last October. I think I, I mentioned that we did a mar- or a walk for life and um, I got in touch with the Huntsville Pregnancy Resource Center, invited um, a lady to come out and speak to us. Um, so she, she came and uh, got signed up on their newsletter and they, um, the HPRC has had a fundraiser last night. And so Josh and I decided we would, um, sponsor a table and oh, invite some of our, fr- yeah, you didn't invite, what? well, who's your, some of our oh. close friends, oh. closer friends. Sorry. Just your sorry, podcast Betsy. co-person. Yeah. Sorry. Co-podcaster. Yeah. Co-pod. So, so there's, there's other fundraisers that we're going to do next year, I think. Um, so we're going to, we're going to try to probably make this one a little more church focused, but anyway, so the dinner was last night. We're, we're recording this Friday, so it was, was Thursday night. Did they have a special speaker? So I'm getting there. Oh, don't sorry. jump ahead. Sorry. Come on. Go ahead. Um, so, and I don't know how familiar you are with the Huntsville Pregnancy Resource Center, but they are very faith-based. Um, they're, you know, Jesus is the, the basis, the foundation of the work that they do. And they, they're not just there to change the hearts and minds of, of women to not get an abortion, but they're there to also work with women that have had an abortion so that they can work through, um, any of the issues that, that come along with that. Then they also work with the fathers. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's like a holistic, I mean, this is truly changing the hearts and minds of people, um, with regard to abortion. Um, and so, um, last night they had their, they had their, um, their dinner. Um, and they invited this gentleman, his name is Jess Ford. Um, I, I hadn't heard of him before last night, but this guy has an amazing story. He's from, he's from the Dallas area. <laughs> what a, what Everybody's a, from the lot Dallas area. A lot of great people from the Dallas the area. Yeah. From Dallas. Um, but he, um, his story is that his, his, his mom got pregnant when she was in college and she was actually at the abortion clinic. She was going to do the pill at the abortion clinic. And she was two days too late to do that. Um, they were going to do, so they decided to do the, um, the medical procedure and she had a nervous breakdown and passed out. And so the nurse there actually turned her away 
because she was too emotionally distraught to do it, which, you know, it, it was a Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood never turns anybody away. Yeah. And so they decided to keep the child, him, and um, later on, they, the, the, the dad in the picture, they, they got married and raised a family. And, you know, he, told, he went through his whole story about, like, when they told him that they were going to abort him. You know, it's, and it's just a great, powerful story about how God, you know, Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into your life and has a purpose for you. And like he was, he was contemplating suicide and he was about to commit suicide when the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And, and it just that, and this is the young man. Yeah. And the reality is that that knowledge that his parents were going to abort him was very difficult yeah. to deal with. Exactly. Yeah. And the only reason that I say this is because I went to mass this morning at St. Joe's and father Joe Lubrano was also at that event and he mentioned it in his homily. Oh, okay. okay. Um, he talked about a young man who spoke about his experience of almost being aborted and what that meant for his life. And it made me think of how people deal with that rejection or the fact that maybe his mother would have considered terminating him. That, it's, a, right. it's a kind of a side effect that we don't think about with well, abortion. Right. Well, and, and, and it got me thinking too about how we talk to our kids in general, like, how do we treat our kids? Do they, um, do we talk to them with compassion or do we talk to them? You know, e even if we think it's just joking around, do we degrade them or, you know, in, you know, even if it's inadvertent, do we build a culture of life? In our exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Love that. Yeah. Love that. So, well, I'm so glad you got to go to that. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so I, we forgot to really kind of introduce Deacon Craig. I well, probably should have done that in the beginning, but um, our special guest who is here in the studio with us today, just kidding. It's my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice studio is, uh, my friend from a very long time, uh, for a very long time is uh, Deacon Greg Thompson from St. John the Baptist Catholic church. And we will let him introduce himself in just a minute. And he's going to join us in chit chat. Uh, but Deacon Greg and I work a lot together. In fact, one of the things that we do is part of my chit chat because it was good news and cold Bruce last mm -hmm. night. And uh, we had a special guest speaker who is also a podcaster. He's the co-podcaster of the Colloquium podcast. Uh, two young adults that do a podcast, really two young adults. Um, T-W-O young adults. T-O young adults. Uh, and so he came in to Good News and Cold Brews last night and talked about um, one of his loves, which is art and faith. And he gave just a great presentation on how to see the Jesus and the gospel message in Christian art, in sexual, sexual, you're cutting that <laughs> secular art. No, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> secular art and music and even movies. Uh, and it was just, it was fantastic. Um, because one of the things that just is so important to me that people are able to see God in their everyday life. And that is not something that people automatically often get. They have to kind of build that ability to see God everywhere. And so he just gave great examples last night of hmm. seeing uh, God in the gospel message in a Justin Bieber song. And we were using Caravaggio's painting of the Supper at Emmaus and also the Batman movie. 
Um, hmm. the, in fact, the Dark Knight Rises was the one that he used specifically. So it was fantastic. Yeah, really the, was. the working the working title of the presentation with that their eyes were open and referring to the Emmaus to the end of the the Emmaus story and and seeing really is believing. Um, while in in the eyes of faith, it's it's often not privy to us, uh, and that, that that makes our faith strong when we believe even though we haven't seen. And yet, at the same time, it certainly helps, doesn't it? Yeah, and yeah. I think, um, kind of going back to what you said, Paul, about the, you know, the presentation last night. You you see and hear a story. It's it's about witnessing. It's about allowing God to to flow through you. And and in a sense, life wins. Um, in, in a direct sense, in your example, but also in the sense of the uh, the examples put forth in various presentations, because we all want the good news. Um, and um, you know, for me, uh, you know, Happy Easter. It's such a you know, it's such a great holiday. It packs itself into 50 days, and uh, and we're here in day whatever in the first week or two, and we're 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 growing around a world that needs life. It needs to be reminded that there's life. So, in the chit chat of it all, um, it is an opportunity to celebrate another day, and it's a beautiful day here in the neighborhood. <laughs> and um and I it's, oh my gosh, yeah. your favorite, Mr. Rogers. It is. It I is love it. that you built that quote in there. Do you have that? No. Um, but we'd like to welcome Greg Thompson. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to our chit chat? Anything going on in your life that's super cool? Like super cool. And and this is coming from a deacon who's the director of liturgy and music at a parish. The week after Easter is awesome. <laughs> I mean, Holy Week um, is a blessing. Holy Week is a lot of work. Um, Holy Week is a lot of time on uh, on one's feet when you're in charge of various things. And yet it's such a blessing to get through it, but not to get it over with. You know what I mean? Uh, every step of the way. And and Easter Monday really is something special. I, I don't know because how... Because you stayed in bed until noon. In a sense, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just wanted to make that clear to everybody that thought he might have just gotten up and been like the holiest person in the whole world. You were just laying down and being the holiest person in the world. You know, I, I dare, dare I make it too long of a stretch here, but, you know, Jesus had to feel amazing uh, on Sunday morning when he just simply said, wow, all right, look at that sunrise uh, and look at those people's faces. And uh, look at this world. God be praised. You know, that's, that's honestly, that, it's that kind of week. So it's a good time. Let's begin in prayer in the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and the, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty Father, I thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who rose from the dead and redeemed humankind. Fill us with the fire of the Holy Spirit, that we may be faithful disciples and enthusiastic witnesses of our Catholic faith. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Have you found Jesus yet? No. I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him, so... Okay, so today, um, episode 35, we go to our second favorite Catholic in our Catholic series, and well, we're excited. He's not only number two in the order that we have him on here, but some people, he's number one in their hearts. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. Do, do you have com- confirmation on that? Or? <laughs> I do. I mean, right now, that's just supposition. Let's just... Okay, but to probably some somewhere, someone... Thinks of him as number one. Oh, it's sure. good. It's good to be number two. It's good to be number oh, okay. two. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Um, well, we want to welcome you, Greg. Thank you for being here with us today. Thank you. Um, you and I have... Again, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you and I have been friends for a very long time. In fact, you're one of the reasons that I work in youth ministry today. Well, actually not today because now I work in campus ministry, but you're the reason I got started in youth ministry. But I thought the first thing that we might do is let you tell people about yourself. So tell us who you are, um, and then we'll kind of go into why you're here and how you got to be in the place that you are now. Uh, well, Deacon Greg Thompson, I serve currently at uh, St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. That's a local joke. We're the Baptist Catholic Church. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, we, uh, I've been... There you go. <laughs> I've been in ministry um, my whole uh, career. I, I um, In college, I, I came to a real good understanding of my faith. Uh, while I'm a lifelong cradle Catholic, it really blossomed in my life um, at St. Francis uh, in Tuscaloosa, uh, Roll Tide. And um, I had a good opportunity to really own my faith for the first time. And I think a lot of people has a, sim has a similar story. Uh, I will say that um, in the midst of that, I started understanding how God was using my my own personal gifts and and dare I say a, a talent or two and my uh, weirdness. And I thought I thought it was kind of fun um, to be a tool uh, of sorts. And I started to realize that I could really be uh, good at this. Um, at so much so that I came out of college thinking priesthood. Uh, and I went to seminary for a year and a half. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, well, actually, I should say a year and three weeks. That means I started year two, and three weeks into it, I said, um, no, thank you. And, <laughs> and it was a really great uh, opportunity uh, to really make a great decision in my life with good spiritual direction, um, good guidance, and good support. Uh, my my uh, spiritual director and friend and vocation director in the diocese, uh, Father Joe Collada at the time, uh, said, you can't leave now. The check just cleared. It was like a tuition <laughs> thing. And, uh, uh, but he was very supportive, and I was able to... I was able to um, to walk back into my, quote, real life, wondering what the heck God wanted me to do. But the one thing I did say before leaving is I really don't want to leave working for the church. It just, and, and, I, and I had a thought that maybe someday I could return uh, maybe as a deacon. And that was 30-some years ago, uh, a long time ago. And, and, I, and I came out of the, the campus uh, life. I came out of seminary life thinking I was going to work in radio, and um, I got a phone call. Literally, I got a phone call a month into my uh, searching uh, asking me if I wanted to be an associate director of youth ministry in the Archdiocese of Mobile. Hmm. And um, I had never been a youth minister before, and they wanted me to work for the diocese. Uh, quite frankly, in high school, I wasn't a big high school youth group guy, and the Lord was calling me into guiding other youth ministers. <laughs> so um, in the fake it till you make it department, uh, I said, sure, let's let's give it a try. And, and uh, the rest is history. That was 1988. Uh -huh. um, uh, I started my uh, career in ministry in the church, and I was ordained in 2013 as a deacon. And um, at that point in time, um, my pastor, Father Phil O'Kennedy at the time, said, you ever think about being a deacon? And I said, actually, yes, I have. He said, well, I got to put your name on a list that was, uh, it was due last week. So if you're serious, I'll do it. And the, and the rest of that is history, and here I am. And uh, about me, I, I'm married I, uh, to my lovely wife, Karen. We're coming up on 30 years of marriage. We have uh, two grown children. Uh, our oldest, Michelle, has uh, three children of herself, so I've got three kid, three grandkids, nice. uh, one for each of these thousand gray hairs, and um, uh, I've got uh, a great son-in-law in Cameron Ellis. He's actually uh, a, knight, a knight of Columbus insurance rep, and he's doing really great things 
uh, in and around the community. My other daughter, Megan, married a great guy named Eli. And uh, Megan and Eli are just felt celebrated their first anniversary, and they got a dog. And life is good. Um, my mom, uh, a, real, a, role, a role model of sorts in ministry for sure, and life for definitely. Um, she lives with us, and Karen, mom, and I are, are living the uh, retired life, kind of, not really. <laughs> None of you are retired. No, we're not. So you're we're not actually. in any way living the retired life. Mom's retired, so we kind of sponge off of her every now and then. So, um, but it's, uh, nice. uh, your mom kind of works, though, still. She, she works, actually. Dabbles. She works, yeah. she does. She works at uh, a local agency uh, and a group, uh, supporting a group home, and it's, it's a great thing. Uh, what? <laughs> it's all good. You can't hear anything. Yeah. Like my coffee maker just turned off and it goes. And every time I forget to turn it off, um, it yells at me. I mean, there's so much more to add, but I don't know. No, that was a great was synopsis of of how you came to be where you are today. So for for those, I mean, and I know that a lot of people who listen to this will probably know who you are. Um, but that was a great example of how you got from you know coming to know your faith, coming to know Jesus and how that has played a role in your life. And that's kind of one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Um, how and where is your faith a part of your life? That, and that's a challenging question because it sounds trite. My answer is that everywhere, you know, it sounds almost lazy. God is everywhere. Let's move on to the next question. You know, it's not like that though. It really is something. And I think the one, the thing that I've experienced in in my life, after I've opened up my heart to the Lord and and His body and blood and and the, the true power of His Holy Spirit, it, things just work out. It, it just does. I, I I I sat on a hill in Maryland wondering if I should have entered seminary or not during the retreat when like three weeks after I got there and it it poured, and and I I thought yes I'm in the right spot. Um, because it poured? Yeah. I would have been like the opposite. <laughs> no, I'm listening to a U2 album and it just poured and, and it, everything just felt right. And I kept going. And then one day I didn't want to be there and God opened the door so that I could still journey with him. And I didn't leave seminary because I had a girlfriend or a, Karen just came into my life. And, and I just happened to get good at doing retreats and I just started opening my mouth and speaking in public and and a couple of large venues later you know suddenly I'm the speaker you know and and, and then I DJ'd along the way and then I I fell in love with Jimmy Buffett and had a lot of fun with friends who happened to be my best friends who happened to come through my faith and so it's it really is I could I could go on and on but he really is everywhere in my life so I have to be honest I was kind of fishing for that answer and I think it's the right answer. In fact, I think it should be the only answer all of us can actually right. say, because your faith in Jesus should really play a part of every, everything you, everything everything you, you do, do. Yeah. everything you say, everything. And I think we really struggle with that in our world today. We compartmentalize our faith. We maybe just deal with it on Sunday and we think that that's all that's necessary. And uh, so I'm, I'm happy to have a guest here talking to us today that really, that your faith does permeate every part of your life because i think that's a great message to to talk about it's a great thing to aspire to so you you work for the church though that's a pretty mm -hmm. rare thing in this world because church workers are are you know churches are not huge industry 
leaders with lots of employees, they, they only have a few employees and you've worked for the church for a really long time. So what's the best thing about working for the church? Betsy Lashley. That's so, okay, don't do that. Wow. No, 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 that's a, no, that's, that's a serious answer for two reasons. Um, I love my friend Betsy, um, but she mentioned uh, in, in the opening about coming in to her ministry um, and the blessing that God brings people into my life. The best part about working for the church is the people you meet along the way that either catch the bug, if you will, or, or, or catch you in the opening prayer, you know, to be on fire with, with God's love so that you can actually do something. And, you know, again, it's, it's not, it's not blowing smoke here. It's, it's, you do things in such a way that she was perfect to enter my life and ministry so that the ministry would continue after I was done with that portion of it. Mm -hmm. And when I moved on into the diaconate, you know, I let youth ministry go of something that I did for 20 some years. And I left it in not just good hands, but the necessary hands to take it to the next level. Because honestly, I think I had reached my, my max. You know, I had a youth group of 25 of the greatest kids and we loved each other and we did everything, you know, and we had the common, you know, complaint of all youth groups all around America. You're listening right now. How come kids don't come to youth group anymore? It was all part of it. You know, it's like, why, how are we going to get them there? Well, the way we got people in my parish to come more often is Betsy Lashley because she came in with a different mindset and a different understanding and a different willingness to take a little bit deeper steps than I was willing to take. And I think in, in my, uh, in my work in, in the Archdiocese of Mobile, I left a, I left a great uh, retreat program in the hands of a kid who, you know, was a a go-getter and part of the youth team and Brandon Bender is still doing it. He's in charge of that program all these years later. And I think that's the best part about working for the church is empowering other people to work for the church. I will say that the the nuance is that my career is director of liturgy and music right now for a parish in Madison, Alabama. As a deacon, I don't work for the church. I work for the bishop. I work for the, I work for that church. I work for God. I work for on my vocation but it's like it's hard to differentiate sometimes between my my willingness to be a deacon and my job. So people, Deacon Greg works for the church. Well, um, and that is serves a, the church. But that right? is a good distinction because a lot of people don't know the role of deacons in the church. So um, you, as you as as in your work as a deacon for the bishop, mm-hmm. you have a special. What do you call that thing? A tract or that you work in? A, a ministry so, of charity. A ministry um, of charity. And in a sense, um, the diaconate in, in the church hierarchy as such is the service arm of the local bishop. So the way the bishop reaches out and serves those in need are primarily through his deacons. The way a, the bishop reaches out and serves the needs of, of parishioners is through his priests. Uh, so the apostolic responsibility of a bishop is to not only provide the sacraments, but also provide, quote, the service. And so that's kind of... So what what are ministries of charity? What are some of the things that that deacons do in churches? Uh, In our local area, and probably consistent across the country, uh, religious education, um, prison ministry, um, various levels of um, community ministry, uh, soup kitchen kind of stuff. Um, uh, But... Uh, what else do they do? Uh, retreat ministry, counseling ministry, um, etc. So um, I, I, they, whatever the service 
of the bishop is needed, it, it kind of starts to happen. While there are some primary ones in our diocese, naming you know catechesis, prison ministry, um, uh, sometimes marriage prep or the engaged encounter, uh, etc., those are kind of extensions okay. of the bishops. And what is your ministry of charity? My ministry of charity is uh, the Catholic campus ministry at uh, our local university, University of Alabama in Huntsville. And as a and and I and I get to continue working with you, Betsy, uh, in in reaching into young people's lives. But now it's more of in a support role. So uh, it, rather than quote being in charge of the ministry, that's her vocation. I'm here to to be an extension of the bishop and say. Not only is it a great ministry, but what can we do to help? And a lot of times that's prayerful support, presence, definitely a ministry of presence, um, and just kind of being there along for the ride. So now now that you've described what deacons do in general and specifically what what you do, um, what what is your favorite part about being a deacon? Hmm. (laughs) It it stands to reason, uh, maybe my ego shows, I, I, I love preaching. You know the the liturgical role of a deacon is to is to serve the mass um, and to prepare and serve the 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 cup in a sense. You see that uh, those of you who attend mass, you know, frequently, you see what a deacon does. For me, it's it's being able to share the good news, um, both in the form of a homily and then in the form of of day to day. You know, just looking into people and trying to make connections. That's that's what I enjoy doing the most. I will say I was thinking about this earlier that one of the one of the problems that that I've I've discovered in my almost old age is that I'm a tad lazy in in the knowledge category. You know, I, I get so good at just feeling God all around me. I don't read enough. I don't I don't I don't do enough to learn more. And I and that's my my post Lent post Easter you know challenge is to to kind of wake up and and start and start knowing more. Uh, to know God is to love God, and 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 a lot of times we get into the the easiness of. Uh, you heard me earlier say, "Oh, it's just so trite to say, yes, God is everywhere." Now I'm done. Um, but one of the great things about being around the college kids on campus is those kids know their faith. I mean, they know stuff, and I, I'm I'm so pleased to be around people who know their faith. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I enjoy the conversing and the relationships and the and the growing um, in my innate knowledge of some things and some themes and some understandings and, and my knowledge in growing up, don't sell myself short here. I know some stuff too. Um, but, um, I just feel like that's a, that's, that's an area of, uh, of my diaconate that I love the most is immersing myself in the word, knowing more, feeling closer to God maybe, but also finding that way to make God real in people's lives. Okay, that's very good. Mm. And you do that. Uh, I, I don't know that everybody knows, but you do that through, at St. John's at least, through marriage prep. Yeah. And you often do marriages for young people. Yeah. Uh, often, not the mass, obviously, but the vow part or um, the marriage part. That There's a joke uh, in, in the DIN. Hatch, match, and dispatch. Deacons uh, do baptisms, weddings, and funerals. Hatch, match, oh, and dispatch. Do you okay. like that? And that was the other part. You do the you do the funeral oh ministry, which a lot of people. I mean, that's a pretty important part of 
of our church that a lot of people, I think you don't realize it's there until you need it. And then you wish you didn't have to have it. You would have, you would have wondered if I answered, cause it was a close second. If not also my favorite is funeral ministry. If, if that was my answer, it's like, mm, that's kind of morbid, but it really is. It really is an amazing opportunity to serve people when they need God and, and the love of Christ the most mm-hmm. uh, in those yeah. moments. Yeah. And, and it's it's so great to be able to serve and just simply reassure them that everything is okay. It's 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 never feels okay. It's always tragic. It's always surprising, and yet it's okay. Yeah. Why? Because God is here, and in the spirit yeah. of the season, yeah. God He is risen. He is, he is truly He's risen. risen. Uh, I changed it on you. Sorry. Wow, I got him. I got him. <laughs> okay. All right, switching gears from your deacon hat, um, I want to talk to just Greg the Catholic, who I have known for a very long time, and you kind of talked about me a little bit. Uh, The reason that I went into youth ministry was because you put an ad in the bulletin saying, would anybody like to help me develop this preteen youth ministry? And I was like, oh, I know that guy. He's kind of fun. I'll work with him. That was how it all started. (laughs) So you never know the impact that you're going to have on people, but... As a Catholic, like, what is your favorite part of our faith? Like, how would you answer that question? Like, is there something that really, like, that you just love about our faith? I, I love the fact that, uh, to coin a phrase that uh, maybe many are familiar, I like the fact that all are welcome. That really, uh, that that there's a certain level of true welcome uh, um, to all sinners and saints alike, uh, you know, tall and short, skinny and fat, you know, all the, th- all the little cliches, but really when you get down to it, what I love about our faith, and, and I say this coming off of another successful RCIA process where, you know, 13 people came into the church and, 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 you know, I, we just met last night, the night before we recorded this and we just met and, and their, their story, their own personal story has changed so much since September. And the way the way I know that is the way they shared last night and what they said was important to them and their witness in this in this new moment for them. So what I, as a Catholic, um, it, it was huge that I was welcomed in. I, I didn't feel like uh, some ne'er-do-well who shouldn't be welcomed. But if you don't know me, um, there are some fun little quirks that the Lord has blessed me with. And uh, I'm short in stature. I walk kind of funny. And uh, I never felt part of the crowd at a younger age. But as I grew and I got more confident in who I was, and thanks to my parents being able to communicate that, suddenly I felt like, and I said this earlier about you know, my vocation, it's like God has a special tool for me to use. And that's the best part about our church is that's what welcomed me in. This guy can do something. Now, at the same time, that, that applies to the Holy Mass. That applies to reconciliation. That applies to all the sacraments. And even in marriage prep, this couple I'm working with, it's, I just can't tell you what a witness they are. And and they're going off to, to Iowa to be married uh, in a month. And I've just been asked to help prepare them here. Mm. And their story is absolutely amazing. And they're like 20-something. And and they're not the perfect couple if they're listening, they'll, they'll agree with me. They're not the perfect couple and all the expectations of the world. And yet the church has, has an avenue to welcome them through a process that's going to bring them the sacrament of matrimony. It's phenomenal. And, and, and when you hear their story and you will someday, 
you're you're just gonna know that those two were perfect to be together um and it's just great that's my favorite thing i i keep talking in generality so don't i no that's you're you're absolutely fine that's good those are this is you so that was what we wanted on the podcast was just you um you're one of our favorite catholics so that's why well i think you're paul's i don't know could is he one of your favorite yeah definitely oh definitely okay cool Mm. if he wasn't he is now (laughs) (laughs) am i number one yet am i number one yet (laughs) (laughs) okay so one last question um and this i like i like to add this ask this question in our favorite catholic series but if you could give a life-changing speech a transformative speech that would change the lives of the people that were listening about the Catholic faith, what topic would you choose to talk about? I, I have to springboard on what I just said, um, is, is the, the welcoming nature of the body of Christ. Um, I have to, to really focus on the fact that, and maybe almost to my fault, to reach in and find the people that don't feel welcomed or don't, shouldn't be included, quote-unquote, and to really and to really give that speech to them. I'm I'm currently just working on a lot in my spiritual life of who are the ne'er do wells in our society, who are the outcasts, who are the people that have left the church because they don't feel like they belong, and how do I get back into their hearts? Not me, but the the spirit. Wow, who would I speak to? I would speak to the world that doesn't come anymore. I would speak to you know you always hear that phrase. I'm preaching to the choir. I don't know what the opposite is, but I want to preach to them. Right. You know, and, and yet at some, there's something about um, uh, my formation to this point where um, I've always been turned on to the music of Rich Mullins and uh, the late Rich Mullins. And, and uh, he formulated something that's been in my heart since I heard it, uh, the ragamuffin gospel. And, and quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, Christ is not just, needing to be present in these ne'er-do-wells lives, that the premise is that they're coming through those lives to teach us. And and so, gosh, if I were able to speak to a group of people, and almost now that I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about it, it'll be like side A, side B. Let's come together, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and to say, these people over here don't feel apart. Let's not be so trite as to say, just come on in, no problem. But let's say, let's begin to understand and mingle and talk and be a part of one another's lives. Um, if I were to give the speech, uh, it would probably be something to the effect of, it, it's worked for me. Why, why not for you? I, I'm nothing. I'm nothing without the Spirit. I'm nothing without my Lord. I'm nothing without the friends that He's given me. And it's part of it. And I get emotional when I talk about it because it's real. It's real. And there's people who really need it now. Amen. 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 Um, once you remind me of one time when we were at Steubenville, um, Father Mike Schmitz was the priest there. And he gave a talk about how the Catholic Church is the safest place for people who are a little bit different to be. Because our our job, our role in the church is to accept everyone, whether they're transgender, homosexual, um, whatever thing they're dealing with. We just like we started within our chit chat about your pregnancy resource. Mm-hmm. We, we are about life. We are about the people. Um, and it is not our job to judge them. It is our job to welcome them. And sometimes I think we lose sight of that. So I appreciate you um, bringing that up because I think it's a very important point 
when people talk about the Catholic Church, I don't, even us Catholics, we may not seem as welcoming as some mm-hmm. think, but that is what we are called to do. Yeah, because we we're all better. we're all called to change. I, I, I want it. The caveat, of course, is that all are welcome, but big, huge, you know, uh, caveat here. But you need to change. Right. You need to turn your life around. You need to open your heart to the true nature uh, of of what the gospel has for us. And 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 all are welcome to the challenge. And that's because that's that's the model that our Lord gave us in the gospel for sure. I mean, he he challenged the Pharisees, but he challenged the blind man. He challenged, uh, you know, uh, Mary Magdalene. He challenged Peter. He challenged all of us. He said, okay, I'm glad you got it, but, you know, yep. you got to change. Yeah, and that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a huge message that I think a lot of people tend to forget is that when, when Jesus, even like the woman at the well or the woman caught in adultery, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't, you know, arm around you, hug you. What, I mean, it, it was that, but it was also, okay, now go and sin no more. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the challenge is that we, he wants that conversion of heart for everybody to come to know and love him. Well, I'm thinking of, of, of Peter and the washing of the feet, you know, not, uh, yeah. not my feet, but my whole body. No, 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 you don't get it. Right. I want you to change. I want you to be re- willing to do this for others. That's the point. Right. Um, right. Have you ever heard that Catholic version, uh, the Catholic response to, are you saved? It is, I am saved. I was saved. I am being saved and I will be saved again because it is not a, a destination. It's our journey that we will spend this life struggling with this idea um, and this pursuit of being holy. It's, yeah. We'll spend our whole lives doing it. Um, and thank God you guys are on the journey with me. And, and I think in the spirit, um, in the spirit of, of what we were just talking about is that God's presence, Christ's presence in our lives doesn't disappear during the, the, the troubling times, during the time you're away. Um, and there used to be a skit uh, in the old days of youth retreats of, uh, if you, I don't know if you remember the, um, you know, Jesus was with me all the time and we go to we go to games and he sees me play baseball and he sees me play with my friends. And, and now that I'm a little grown up, the phone rings in the skit, you know, the, oh, you want to come to a party? Okay, Jesus, you stay here. I'm going to go to the party. And uh, Jesus insists on following the person and they keep trying to get out the door to go to the party. And uh, no, you, know, you can really, you don't like these people that, are, that I'm hanging around with. You just, you're better off staying here. He keeps trying to follow. He keeps trying to follow. <laughs> and then in this, you know, dramatic moment, you know, uh, referring to the crucifixion, you know, arms out and stay. I need you to be here. I can't handle you there. Wow. It's, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah. It's always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and, and the point is, is that sometimes in our darkest times, we don't, we don't feel like God is with us. And actually, like I said, that I learned from Rich Mullins, it's actually then that he's working through us to make others raise the bar in their life to serve us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. Well, thank you for all of those answers to those questions and for being here with us today um, to talk with us. I think that was great. I think this is great. Thank you very much for everything you guys are doing. So um, one last thing, where can people find you? What, what, uh, where, what's your uh, social media presence? What's your, uh... Um, I'm on Facebook, uh, Deacon Greg, 
um, the Greg cast, uh, also as a little entity on Facebook. Um, I used to have a little bit more presence in website world, but then nobody does websites anymore. <laughs> so I'm just hanging out with Facebook, uh, right now. The Greg cast is something that's, uh, kind of continues to grow. Um, I often put the things, you know, homilies, etc., on there. Um, but again, I kind of do, I just do a little bit of everything. And, um, in this part of my ministry, I'm mostly serving in the present moment with people during the week. Um, but at the same time, if you want to keep track of me, uh, search for, oh, I got to look it up we, and, and we can put it on, we can put it in our show notes. Yeah. Too, yeah. Right? But this is something like, uh, you know, De- Deacon Greg, uh, uh, on, on Facebook or something okay. like okay. that. I don't know what it is anymore. Okay. The, so that didn't, that's not an answer to your question, is it? No, close enough. It's um, not. about uh, Calypso Vision? Well, I, I, that's a whole... It's a, the, oh, it's part of your life. Okay, yeah, so yeah. so one of the fun things that I that I do on the side is I got a little Jimmy Buffett cover band. And, uh, and again, all friends all through the church, like I said earlier, um, we've fallen in love with a certain kind of music and... Now uh, we got a friend who has a garage with music equipment in it, and oh, it's nice. awesome. And nice. uh, so, you know, shout out to Andrew and the gang. But uh, we have a uh, a band called Calypso Vision, and uh, you know we we play local places, and we have a lot of fun uh, giving life to people and and through music, and it's just a great thing. So Calypso Vision's also on Facebook. Uh, okay. And, and when is the next time you play? Tell us about that. Uh, we're uh, at Bird on the Mountain um, oh, here in the Huntsville area. Oh, it's, a, it's a fun little uh, evening summer rock and roll concert series that okay. kicks off on May the 6th. And uh, we are the front, we're at the front end. We're kicking the whole thing off. So uh, nice. fins up, everybody. <laughs> and tell us, what is your favorite song to sing with your Calypso Vision cover band? Oh, wow. I, I that, See, you got uh, yeah. You got a couple. I know. <laughs> I know. Pirate Looks at 40 is, uh, is probably the group favorite uh, that I enjoy singing with and for the group. Um, that's a great uh, Buffett song. Fins uh, is a fun, fun song. Look that up. But I guess... Right now, my favorite song to sing is, it's kind of fun, I have an alter ego now. I, I am um, six foot nine, um, in real life I'm four foot eight, but in, I'm six foot nine, and I can get Joe Cocker, the spirit of Joe Cocker, streaming <laughs> through me, and man... Uh, I've heard it, it's I, true. Uh, the letter, and uh, getting by with a little help from my friends, uh, his cover of, of two songs, I just... Man, I'm telling you, you, you asked earlier, you know, how do I experience the church? Whew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Awesome. Well, thank you very thank much you. for being here. Check out Deacon Greg if you ever want to talk to him at St. John's, but also Calypso Vision. Check him out on Facebook. So uh, for the reflection today, um, doing something a little different, um, I signed up on a Matt Fred um, on Locals, Locals.com. Um, he has a presence there. And, and um, one of the things he did recently, on uh, he does a morning video, and on this video he read a, um, a speech that he was going to give at St. Gregory the Great Academy, which is up in Pennsylvania. It's a, an all-boys school up in Pennsylvania. And I want to read part of this. Um, Matt Fry is just so great. I'm not going to read the whole the whole speech because if you want to see it, then you can go sign up at Locals and and join Matt Fry's page there. Um, but he just he just does a great job when he when he um, 
puts these things together and and I, I won't try to I won't try to butcher this by doing an Australian accent, but um, um, his speech goes the beginning of his speech goes like this. One very important truth that the modern world ignores is that man is fallen. Scripture tells us that the disobedience of our first parents, the original sin, signified a privation of grace that echoes through every age of history and will continue to reverberate every individual's life until the end of time. In sum, we are fallen beings. Our fallen nature manifests in three ways. We have darkened intellects. We have weakened wills. Our appetites are disordered. What all this means is that, left to our own devices, we will succumb to temptation and further degrade our fallen selves. Clearly, it is a grave mistake to ignore the truth that human nature is fallen. But we do not live in the age of faith. We live in an aesthetic age. The Renaissance, the scientific revolution, and the ideals of the Enlightenment culminated in secular humanism, a kind of material optimism that ignores the immaterial aspects of reality. There is no room in materialism for the possibility that man and his world are fallen. Such a metaphysical idea is, a laugh, is laughable at best, unscientific at worst. Um, and I'll end with this. Um, says, such utopian reasoning is the root of the cultural ca- catastrophe we are living in today. In the words of the sage G.K. Chesterton, there is a time when men believed in the truth and doubted themselves. Now we live in a time where men believe in themselves and doubt the truth. Wow, that's cool. And so he, he goes on to explain. He's, he's explaining why St. Gregory the Great is such a great institution for, um, for learning for, for boys and, and what's, what's wrong in, in our society today with um, specifically with uh, like public education yeah. and, and some of the, the relativism that is, well, a lot of the relativism, relativism that has creeped into um, into our society through public education. And and, um, I, I just, I love that quote from Chesterton uh, when he said that it just kind of blew me away when I first heard it, that there was a time when men believed in the truth and doubted themselves. Now we live in a time where men believe in themselves and doubt the truth. So Betsy, do you have a song for us today? <laughs> I do. I was racking my brain for a song today and I thought, hmm, who would Greg Thompson want me to talk about? So I chose a Rich Mullins song. Oh, cool. One of his best, of course. Um, um, and if you don't know Rich Mullins, check this out. The link will be in our show notes. Uh, this is one of my favorite songs, Hold Me Jesus. Uh, and the, the um, lyrics go a little bit like this. Well, sometimes my life just doesn't make sense at all. When the mountains look so big and my faith just seems so small. So hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You've been my king of glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? My faith just seems so small. So hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You've been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? And I wake up in the night. So, Rich Mullins, that's one of his, he's also the author of Awesome God, which is probably right. his most famous song. Um, but Hold Me Jesus is a pretty um, great song if you're feeling kind of low and you need an up, if you need something to lift you up. It's a great song. Take a listen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Do not look forward to the changes and chances of this life with fear. Rather, look to them with full confidence that as they raise...
God to whom you belong, will in his love enable you to profit by them. He has guided you thus far in life. Do you but hold fast to his dear hand, and he will lead you safely through all trials. Whenever you cannot stand, he will carry you lovingly in his arms. Do not look forward to what may happen tomorrow. The same eternal Father who takes care of you today will take care of you tomorrow and every day of your life. Either he will shield you from suffering or he will give you unfailing strength to bear it. Be at peace then and put aside all useless thoughts, all vain dreads, and all anxious imaginations. Amen. 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 And Deacon Greg, your blessing, please. The Lord be with you. And And with with your your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Well, that'll wrap it up for today. Thanks for listening to this episode of Catholic Family Matters. Remember to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast listener, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Join us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at CathFamMatters, which is at C-A-T-H-F-A-M-M-A-T-T-E-R-S. Check out our website at www.CatholicFamilyMatters.com. And you can always send us an email at feedback at CatholicFamilyMatters.com. We are your hosts, Paul Kosinski and Betsy Lashley, or just another sexy bald guy and a girl without a filter. Till next next time. time. See you, Paul. See ya.